The following sermon was delivered by Associate Pastor Kate Dunn during morning worship at Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church in New York City. We welcome you to worship with our vibrant community of faith every Sunday on the corner of Fifth Avenue and 55th Street in the heart of Midtown Manhattan. And now, here is Reverend Dunn. Our scripture today comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, verses 16 to 19 and 25 to 30. But to what will I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to one another. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We wailed, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, Look, a glutton and a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is vindicated by her deeds. At this time, Jesus said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is the word of God for you, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Do you remember how you played when you were a child? Did you have favorite games like hide and seek or capture the flag or Monopoly? or Candyland? Did you have an imaginary friend? Did you play with blocks, or a dollhouse, or superheroes, or cars, or Legos, or Play-Doh? Did you play Let's Pretend, or Make-Believe? Did you build forts out of all the living room furniture? Did you climb trees, or spend hours on the playground? Did you ever become so fully immersed in what you were doing that you lost sense of time? When you think about those times, how do you feel? For me, memories of childhood play evoke feelings of being safe, happy, engaged. I can also remember feelings of frustration when the games didn't go the way I wanted, those childhood quarrels. I wanted to play tag, but you wouldn't chase me. I wanted to play school, but you wouldn't let me be the teacher. Researchers have been telling us for years now about the importance of play and nurturing healthy children so that they grow into healthy adults. When playing, children learn to make independent choices and experience the consequences of those choices. They learn how to regulate their feelings and maintain self-control so that other children will keep playing with them. They learn to experiment, to try things out, to be flexible in their thinking. Most important, when children play, they have fun, which enlivens and rejuvenates them and gives them 
the resilience they need to grow into healthy, creative, engaged adults. This morning's passage begins somewhat playfully with Jesus offering an image of children quarreling. Some want to play wedding, some want to play funeral, and the others won't go along. So they all end up sitting in the marketplace arguing. Anyone who has spent any time around children has witnessed such scenes. And if adults can restrain themselves enough to let the children work it out, they usually do, because ultimately, they all want to play. Just before today's scripture, John the Baptist, who was in prison, sent his disciples to ask Jesus if he was the one they were waiting for. And Jesus responded, Go and tell John what you hear and see. The blind receive their sight, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, and the poor have good news brought to them. And blessed is anyone who takes no offense at me. And now here is this generation taking offense, arguing like children, criticizing how the message is delivered, letting themselves be distracted from the message itself, that the realm of God is at hand, and the sick are being healed, and the poor are receiving good news. Jesus continues with these mysterious words, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. What in the world is Jesus talking about? What do infants see that we can't see? Maybe we can get some help from one of the Christian mystics. The woman we now know as St. Therese of Lisieux was born on January 2nd, 1873, the last of nine children. From a young age, she felt called to religious life and entered the convent at age 15. There, she lived a short, quiet, cloistered life and died of tuberculosis at age 24. We only know about her because her superiors in the convent recognized her mystical connection with God and ordered her to write about her life. After her death, the convent shared these writings called The Story of a Soul, and Therese's reputation for holiness spread. Within 30 years, she was canonized as a saint of the Catholic Church. This would have made her happy, because Therese wanted very much to be a saint. In her writings, Therese quotes this passage I just read about God hiding things from the wise and intelligent and revealing them to infants. She writes, God wished to manifest God's mercies through me. Just because I was so little and so frail, God stooped to me and taught me gently the secrets of divine love. She describes these secrets as the little way. I will find a little way to heaven, very short and direct, an entirely new way, like an elevator, she said, something that had just been invented. Therese wrote that Jesus would take her in his arms and be her elevator to heaven because she was too little to climb all the stairs. The little way involves infusing love into our smallest interactions, into every little thing we do. Trusting the little things 
are just as important as the big things. The little way means accepting that we are imperfect and have so much to learn from God. And that's wonderful because God loves us as we are and wants to teach us everything we need to know. The little way involves cultivating a practice of spiritual childhood, striving to be an infant in relation to God, accepting our absolute dependence on God. This is not a practice of becoming childish, but childlike, open, wondering, curious, playful, trusting. In a poem which she may have addressed to her four siblings who died young, Therese writes, O oh, innocence, to try on earth to be as small, that I will do. To be a child, the Lord asks me to mirror all that's seen in you. Help me, those charming things which in a child one sees, your openness, your lovely innocence, your total trust, all these may I possess. Later in Matthew's Gospel, Jesus says, Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The need to become like children is a theme that runs through scripture. It's obviously important. And I'll be honest, there's something about this idea that terrifies me. Yes, there are many wonderful things about childhood, but children don't have much power or control over their lives. Infants don't have any power or control. To become like a child, like an infant, again, we'd have to give up our power and control. Who feels safe enough to do that? I don't. Yet, when I remember how fun it was when I was a child to play, I get the urge to play again now. And I wonder, is that what God wants? For adults to feel safe enough to play like children, even if that means some quarreling in the marketplace while we figure out how to play so everyone can participate. And then Jesus says, Come to me, all you that are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. There's a reason this line of scripture speaks so clearly to our hearts. We carry burdens. Maybe we carry burdens of debt, illness, depression, addiction, rage, grief. Maybe we carry the burden of hunger or homelessness. Maybe we carry the burden of fear, fear of not being able to provide financially or emotionally, fear of separation from loved ones, fear for our own physical safety or the safety of someone we love. We all carry burdens, though sometimes we cannot see the burdens our neighbors carry. And sometimes we choose not to see the burdens others carry. In the virtual gathering of the Poor People's Campaign, a national call for moral revival, which took place a couple weeks ago, person after person shared stories about living with the burden of poverty. It was hard to watch. There were stories of eviction and homelessness, of families living in cars, parents raising children in homes without running water, 
people working for decades, full-time or more, for a minimum wage and barely making enough to pay rent. People having to choose between food and medicine. Parents having to tell their children that, no, there isn't anything to eat. In 2018, there were 11.9 million children living in poverty in this country. With numbers so big, it's hard to see the faces behind them. That's why the Poor People's Campaign is such a vital movement right now. It's showing us the faces of people living in poverty. It's telling us that it's time for the poor to have good news brought to them. Because all children deserve a childhood that is safe enough for them to play. And it's hard for children who are hungry to play. It's hard for children who live in cars or homeless shelters to play. It's hard for children whose parents work two or three jobs to pay the rent to play. It's hard for children who are sick because of lead in the water or pollutants in the air to play. It's hard for children who don't feel safe to play. It's hard for 11.9 million children in this country to play. And play is so important for children. Not being able to play is too heavy a burden for any of our children to bear. What do we do? Where do we start? Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Don't we want rest for our souls? Don't we need that? One thing we know for sure, our children need it. So let's pretend. Let's make believe that we are a young ox and we have no idea how to pull a plow. And let's pretend that amazingly we get to be yoked to Jesus who knows exactly what he's doing and who carries the weight of our burdens and guides us in the right direction. And all we need to do is walk beside him and let him be our teacher. Or let's try Teresa's little way. Let's try as a spiritual discipline to do every little thing we do in a spirit of love. Every little thing, every little text, every little email, every little chore, every little word. Trusting that God loves little things. Let's imagine ourselves as little children little enough to be carried, little enough to be cared for completely, little enough to play. Maybe our play will inspire the creativity and concentration and trust we need to all work together so that all our children, all God's children, have every little thing they need. Friends, life is short, and we do not have much time to gladden the hearts of those who make this earthly pilgrimage with us. So be swift to love, 
and make haste to do kindness. And the blessings of God Almighty, the Father who creates, the Son who redeems, and the Holy Spirit who stirs the heart and soul be upon you this day and remain with you always. Amen.